front of the house as she pulled away. She made it all the way to the highway before she felt her eyes sting with tears. She knew she was worrying her siblings, but she had no choice. Marcy's husband, Bobby, had died almost a year ago, just before Christmas, at the age of 26. That came after more than three years in hospitals and then in a nursing home. Hopelessly disabled and brain damaged, with injuries incurred as a Marine serving in Iraq. Ian Buchanan was his sergeant and best friend. A Marine, Bobby said, would do 20. But Ian exited the Marine Corps shortly after Bobby was wounded and had been out of touch ever since. Since she knew that Bobby would never recover, since she had grieved his loss for a long time before he actually died, Marcy would have expected to feel a sense of relief in his passing. At least for him. She thought she'd be more than ready to step into a new life, one that had been put on hold for years. At the tender age of 27, already a widow, there was still plenty of time for things like education, dating, travel. So many possibilities. But it had been just shy of a year, and she was stuck, unable to move forward, wondering, always wondering why the man Bobby had loved like a brother had dropped out of sight and had never called or written. He'd estranged himself from his Marine brothers and his father, estranged himself from her, his best friend's wife. So there were these baseball cards. If she stretched her imagination to the limit, she couldn't come up with anything her lawyer's sister would find more ridiculous than wanting to be sure Ian had Bobby's baseball cards. But since she'd met Bobby at the age of 14, she knew how obsessed he was with his collection. There wasn't a player or stat he didn't have memorized. It turned out that Ian was also a baseball nut and had his own collection. She knew from Bobby's letters that they had talked about trading. In the deserts and towns of Iraq, while they hunted insurgents and worried about suicide bombers and sniper fire, Bobby and Ian had talked about trading baseball cards. It was surreal. Then there was this letter that Bobby wrote to her from Iraq before he was wounded. It was all about Ian and how proud it would make him to be like Ian. He was a Marine's Marine, the guy who got into the mess with his men, led them with strength and courage, never let them down, hung with them through everything. Whether they were up to their necks in a fight or crying over a Dear John letter. He was a funny guy who made them all laugh but he was a tough sergeant who also made them work hard, learn and follow every rule to the letter so they'd be safe. It was in that letter that Bobby had told her he hoped she'd support him if he decided to make it a career, like Ian Buchanan had. If he could be half the man Ian was, he'd be damn proud. All the men saw him as a hero, someone on his way to being a legend. Marcy wasn't sure she could part with the letter, even though it was all about Ian. But he should know. Ian should know how Bobby felt about him. In the years since Bobby had moved into a quiet and peaceful death, she had passed his birthday, their anniversary, every holiday, and still, it was as though there was this unfinished business.
there was a big piece missing. Something yet to be resolved. Ian had saved Bobby's life. He didn't make it out whole, but still, Ian had braved death to carry Bobby to safety. And then he disappeared. It was like a hangnail. She couldn't leave it alone. Couldn't let it go. Marcy didn't have much money. She'd had the same secretarial job for five years. A good job with good people, but with pay that couldn't support a family. She was lucky her boss gave her as much time as she wanted right after Bobby was wounded, because she'd traveled first to Germany, then to D.C. to be near him. And the expenses had been enormous, far more than his paycheck could bear. As a third-year enlisted Marine, he'd earned less than $1,500 a month. She'd pushed the credit card.